I believe it's uh, very important, uh, not just personally, but also as the church, to, uh, to critique culture, especially insofar or when those times occur, that culture is especially diverging from truth and, and godliness, which is uh, pretty much now the situation we're in. And one of the things, or the thing I'd like to talk about uh, today, and, and I'm going to set this up with, with some, some thinkers, but we have basically allowed our culture to become, when we're looking at politics and we're looking at social engagement, a culture that evaluates people based upon oppressors and victims. You're either an oppressor or you're a victim. And the more that you're a victim, the more voice and power that you have in our culture. Now, how did this come to be? What are, what are some of the, the, the main thinkers that have contributed to this? Well, if we look at the modern era, but par- particularly the later modern era, the 19th century thinkers that, that really contributed to this would be Darwin, Marx, and Freud. They had largely, those three had the biggest influence on Western culture and how we think about the human person. Right? And this is going to be very cursory, so for all of you philosophy professors out there, just know that this is intentionally cursory. Um, we'd have to have a much longer class. Well, we have nothing to do today. Green Bay is not playing. <clears throat> this may last a while. So Darwin essentially, you know, Darwin, Marx, and Freud, are, they're all basically materialists and determinists. Everything is matter. There is no, there is no afterlife. And also, there's not really free will. If there is some free will, it's so much lessened that really to overcome that would be incredibly difficult, right? So for Darwin, you're determined by your nature, right? You're determined by biology. Um, for, for Freud, you're determined by your upbringing and your psychology. And for Marx, you're determined by your socioeconomic status. In other words, all of these things, nature, psychology, economy or economics place these pressures upon the human person such that it limits their freedom. And insofar as limiting their freedom, they're a victim. You're a victim of your nature. You're a victim of the economy, or particularly if you're, you're poor, or you're a victim of your upbringing. And so the goal, of course, with all of them, now all of them are getting at certain things which are, you know, you say, well, some of that's kind of true. Well, that's right. Some of that is kind of true, and some of it is very true. And each one of these people would, or really as you move into the 20th century, then the goal is to try to undo this victimization. And so class warfare, right, uh, with with Marxism didn't work. Uh, Psychotherapy, it can work a little bit, but there's really no Freudians left. And in fact, there's all kinds of different ways that that people look at you know, self-help and, and improving their psychology, not just psychotherapy. And one of the main problems with psychotherapy is its negation of, of human freedom. So it didn't, I mean, kind of helped, but not so much. Human solutions. And then even with Darwin, uh, you know, there's really not a whole lot you can do, right? Survival of the fittest. And so, um, you know, nature is just going to happen to you. There's not very much that you can do to overcome it. You're a victim of it. So this leads to an attempt in the 20th century to find human solutions to this victimization. None of them really work. And as that devolves, 
the later 60s into what we call postmodernism, another thinker comes to the fore. Are you paying attention? Are you taking notes? Another thinker comes to the fore, who's profoundly influential, Friedrich Nietzsche. And what Nietzsche says is that all of that stuff, all of that modern stuff, essentially, doesn't really matter. It's all going to go by the wayside. And the only thing you can really do is overcome, through power, these limitations on your freedom, this determination, or the determinism, rather. It's only through power that you can overcome it. And, and so you can determine for yourself what your nature is, your own psychology, right, and your own economic status, that, that these imprints upon you can be overthrown and you can rise, right, the ubermensch, the overman. You can overcome that through power. And so what happens as, these, as all of this thought comes to congeal in the 21st century what we have is a situation where the greater the victim you are, the more power you have to, to levy against those who are in power. And so the goal ends up being to become more a victim so that you have more power. Now, this is not to say that victimization isn't real. It is real. It's absolutely real. But the problem inherent with the, the current cultural view is to remain a victim as much as you can. And the more victimization you have, the more power you have. Shouldn't the goal be to overcome being a victim? Shouldn't the goal be that I no longer want to be identified by my victimization, but I actually do want to overcome that, but I don't want to overcome that by making more victims? And that's what we have. We have people lining themselves up with all, all kinds of numbers of, well, I have this victimization and this one and this one and this one and this one. I have more than you. And so I have more to say and I have more power. And so that's levied over those who are presumably the oppressors, which is everybody else who doesn't have as many victimizations. But then in doing so, you just create more victims. It doesn't solve the problem. And you might say, and rightly so, well, are we not supposed to do anything? Well, no, of course not. Victims, we, the church particularly, and we should always be on the side of victims, but on the side of victims seeking healing, on the side of victims seeking that a person no longer identify merely with being a victim, but helping them to find true liberation, helping them, not giving it to them, because it can't be given. We've seen that enough with Marxism. It can't be given. That a person themselves has to, has to be able to overcome that, that victimization and ultimately no longer merely identify as victim. Now, why does this matter in light of Christ? Because Christ is the solution to every problem. You might say, well, what about some of these other things we should do in society, social justice, do they matter? They do matter. Some of them are more, are more beneficial than others. Particularly in the United States, giving everybody the same opportunity is a great goal that we should have. We can't guarantee the same outcomes, but we can try to give everyone the same opportunities. And then they use their willpower to seize that opportunity. But in light of Christ, the, the human solutions 
only go so far. Every single person is going to be a victim in their life. That's the good news for today. Every, every single one of us is going to be victimized, some more than others. You know, and, and, and it's not just a racial thing. I mean, some people have been incredibly victimized d- despite their race. I'm not speaking of just merely race relations. Not at all. Victimization will happen. And part of the reason why Jesus became man, the second person of the Trinity became man in Jesus Christ, is so that God would submit himself to victimization so that he could identify with us. So that if we were to ask the question of God, do you know what it's like to be victimized? He would say yes, many times over. And we see it in today's gospel. Already early on, this is before the cross, early on he goes back home, presumably to the people who knew him and loved him. He's speaking in the synagogue. He reads about Isaiah, that was last week, reads about Isaiah, reads about the Messiah, and then he basically says, and we we get the tagline at the beginning today from last week's gospel, today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. And initially they're like, well, yeah, that's pretty great what he's saying. And then somebody's like, well, wait a second. We kind of know you. Like, we're not supposed to know you. We're not supposed to know the Messiah. And we know you. We knew who your father was and your mother was. And Jesus knows where they're going with this. They're discrediting him. And so he uses two examples of, of non-Jews, Gentiles, who came to believe, uh, non-Jews whom God sought to minister to. Victims. All right? One was uh, the the widow in Zarephath, and the other one was Naaman the Syrian, who was a leper, non-Jews. One Elijah ministered to, one Elisha ministered to. And Jesus says, look, God even cares about the Gentiles. And in fact, they were able to believe more than the other Jews at the time. God sent these prophets to the non-Jews, not to his people. And they got so incensed and so enraged that they sought to kill him. Already, early on, This is the popularity that Jesus has. They're already trying to kill him. They're already trying to make him a victim. And throughout his his ministry, there would be other times where, of course, he was victimized, ultimately being a victim on the cross, right? He is a victim on the cross. He knows what it's like to be a victim in one of the most horrendous ways. But the distinction between seeking a human solution for victimization and what God can do is that as a Christian, we always look toward eternity because we know that human solutions will never ultimately solve these problems. They never have and they never will. That doesn't mean we stop trying, but it means we understand our limitations. We do the best we can, but we understand that the only true liberation comes in Jesus Christ. And what Jesus Christ did in himself, he welcomes us to do in ourselves. So he, he did experience victimization, and he willingly did that, right, so that his sacrifice could merit our redemption. But he undergoes that victimization not to stay a victim, but to be transformed into a victor. So often we speak about the crucifixion and we don't speak enough about the resurrection, perhaps. 
that the goal here was not merely to be dead. The goal was to be risen. The goal was Easter. The goal was resurrection. The goal was being renewed and remade. And so while every person is going to have victimization, and insofar as they're still a victim, they should seek to get out of that, in the getting out of that process, they should also seek to no longer identify as a victim, but to understand that that identity itself is more victimization. That what they should seek to, is to, to have is true liberation, ultimately. Not just merely physically, but existentially, spiritually. For we are not merely material, but we are spiritual. And so every single person here who has experienced victimization, and if you haven't yet, you will. Again, more good news. <laughs> But it's true, we know that. And it's not right to, to, uh, you know, to, to rail against each other and say, well, you're not enough of a victim. I'm a bigger victim. We're all victims. This is the problem with our culture, is that we don't see that. We don't acknowledge that within each other. And it gives us less empathy for each other. And some people more victims, some people less. It's absolutely true. But we should be seeking a solution beyond merely what exists in this life. Do what we can here, knowing it will not completely fulfill us, because this life can't completely fulfill us. It was never meant to. If we could solve all of these problems here and now, we would not need a Savior. We would not need a Messiah. And so what the Lord seeks to do, remember, even in his ministry, right? He, he healed the sick and, and he healed many people over and over, but he didn't heal everybody. And then later on, people started to say, well, heal more people. And he got angry. He got upset about this. Look, I didn't come just to fix these problems like this. I came to fix the big problem. And the big problem is that you are an alien to the Father and you need to be healed with your Heavenly Father. That's the big thing he sought to heal, the big victimization that he sought to to heal, so that we all can be made victors in Jesus Christ. So while we continue in this life and we certainly seek to have human solutions, we have an understanding that there's only so much we can do. And ultimately, God wants to make us all victors, not victims, overcoming all that has happened to us, overcoming all of the pain and all of the wickedness in this life. But it will not be overcome in this life. It will only finally and ultimately be overcome in the next. And that is why we are Christian. That is why we believe in Christ. That is why we have a Messiah. Please stand.